0: in the boardroom. Studies provide clear evidence that boards with members of diverse backgrounds govern organizations that have better business results than those with less diverse leaders. But it doesn't stop there. We see similar patterns when it comes to innovation and other dimensions. The Hampton Alexander Report in the UK highlights that we have come a long way in terms of integrating women on boards. But there is still quite a long way to go when we look at other dimensions of diversity, like race. And reviews like the Parker Review demonstrate that. Welcome to the Better Boards podcast series. In this episode, I'm delighted to talk with Chris Pierney about punks in the boardroom. Chris provides us with facts, figures and real-life insights into the challenges of integrating people with diverse backgrounds, but also what he has seen is working. CRISP provides a passionate play for more diversity. And Dr. Sabine Demkowski, founder and managing partner of Better Boards. We make the boards of the most ambitious organizations more effective. We do this by providing clients with an evidence-based approach for board evaluations and board development programs. To fulfill our mission, we give a voice to all who care about creating better boards. Chris, absolutely fantastic Who have you contributing to the Better Boards podcast series.
1: Well, I'm delighted, Sabine. Thank you for having me on.
0: Looking at the title, why are we talking in this podcast about punks?
1: <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, well, well, I remember, um, and I've been a, a company secretary for 20 years, and I remember my very first chair, we were looking to recruit several new directors to our board. And whilst they begrudgingly gave into the diversity for gender selection list, when I suggested that we look for candidates outside of the organisation's normal frame of reference in terms of using the recruitment firm or another sector or different background, they turned to me and said, well, why would we want these punks in the boardroom? They Then they went on to claim that the firm had been successful with its board management ever since incorporation. So, And it's another term I hear quite often, if it's not broken, why fix it? And so the term punk has always stuck with me. And I think the way I've interpreted it is that it's probably those people who traditionally have not been seen as board management material and have just been broadly overlooked in the selection process.
0: But when we look at some figures, a lot has been achieved, hasn't it?
1: Yes, absolutely. I I don't want this to be a downer, of course, because we can look particularly for gender equality on boards. We've seen the recent Hampton-Alexandra review, for example, where we see steady progress being made. But even there, there's still a long way to go. But there's nowhere near enough has been done in terms of achieving the levels of board members who are from a BAME background or to address the changing generational demographic we're seeing now. I mean, just look... We can see from the National Office of Statistics that the the changing demographic in the UK, so 20% of the UK population, will become from a BAME background by 2050. And then if you look at the changing workplace profile, 50% of the UK workforce will be millennial by 2025. I suppose if you then dive even deeper, the recent Spencer-Stewart reviews on board board diversity have shown, particularly on the FTSE 250, that 8.3% of board members only identify themselves as BAME backgrounds.
0: And maybe and then, for our international listeners, just explain what BAME is.
1: Yeah, it's, it's people from uh, Black, African-American and minority backgrounds, particularly a, a wonderful, colorful and progressive society that we have in the United Kingdom, and they are a cornerstone of our community.
0: It sounds like there is a bomb that is just ticking. Why is it so important? Can you state here some figures? Why does this matter
1: now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, a diverse and inclusive management team, I mean, particularly in respect of the board, is important because I think a, a successful management team needs to look feel and think like their customers. I mean, it's obvious, really, being more like your customer base means you think like them, you design products and services they want and need. I mean, that is sort of marketing 101. And then if you want some figures, let's look at the recent Gartner study in 2020. And it looked, it said that diverse companies have 2.3 times more cash flow than their less diverse peers. And then there's a recent, well, back, I suppose, in 2017, the Boston Group also found that more diverse and inclusive management teams increased their revenues by 19% compared with their less diverse peers. And I think a very interesting point of that study was also that they saw sales improvements was a result of greater innovation brought about by having that greater diversity, not just of characters around the table, but of thought and inclusiveness in the decision-making process. So I think, Sabine, I could call it a virtuous circle.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's so obvious with the numbers you just stated. Everybody should be so convinced. But in practice, we all know it's not there yet. So what are the Mm -hmm. hurdles?
1: Well, I mean, let's go back. I just quoted to you two US studies about diversity. And we see that in the UK that we have made progress. But if you look at UK U.S. corporate, they are far behind in terms of diversity. So isn't it funny that academically they are the powerhouse in terms of some of these stats, but they don't actually put it into practice? Now, that switched to the hurdles. And I'm afraid, Sabine, there are a few of them, really. My big one is status quo management. And we're seeing this often immunity to change. We see a lot of management teams saying, I've been here on merit I'm doing well. And I see this in the governance sphere quite often. They don't want to make positive change in governance because they are really well-suited themselves. And I don't think that change is often easy to make. I think, and we see recently with obviously the issues in KPMG, this mm-hmm. unconscious bias as well, it still exists. We've got to remove this hurdle where they recruit like me, uh, this cultural fit selection that exists. And then clearly, I think management teams need to recognize white privilege for what it is. I mean, it really is an issue, particularly in the UK. And then one of my big hurdles is this millennial versus generation X conflict. Um, I think the generational X guys think that they don't millennials don't deserve to be promoted up to the the higher echelons of the organisation. And then I think millennials just say, I want to have an opportunity to do so. And so it's trying to sort of get those people on a sort of arbitration platform where they can actually meet in the middle and talk about ways to help each other. And then I think another thing that we've seen, particularly in the UK, is this cultural mistrust issue and a lack of sensitivity in terms of cultural awareness. I think it stemmed from uh, maybe Anglo-Saxon decorum versus the rest of the world, What manners and approaches from a white, fat male like myself may well be different from my black counterparties and my Asian counterparties that I've worked with throughout my career. I think there's a lack of heritage education that exists in our schools, and that's that's permeated right through UK corporate.
0: I also see all of these hurdles, but of course, interesting for our listeners is now, what can we do about it?
1: I think there's... A lot that can be done. I mean, first of all, we've got to think about management walking walking the walk and talking the talk. I mean, the CEOs have to keep their promises and they are the ambassadors for diversity and inclusion, I think, they're the leaders. They've got to do the best in the time they have. I mean, let's look at the average tenure of a CEO. It's about 3.5 years. How much time do they have to make that change? And So they've got to persuade their fellow board members to visibly and clearly champion in word and deed. So that's the first point. I mean, my second point is, and I think the Hampton Alexander review really made this very clear, is actually the more diverse and inclusive succession management pipeline and retention process that you have is your absolute key in terms of bringing those opportunities around for a more diverse and inclusive management team. And they will get promoted up into the board eventually. And that needs to be endorsed and promoted by the CEO. So I really throw it out there for organizations to be brave and maybe think about reducing their tenure of board management. So for example, maybe bring those down from five or nine years right down to three. So you get those opportunities coming around more often. And then I would say that the board probably, if they're really struggling, their diversity goals, they need to set more aggressive goals and then hold management account. And whether that's through clawback on bonuses and whether that's sort of other carrot and stick approaches, I would be in favour of that. And then clearly, I think there needs to be a little bit more thought about board selection evaluation process. They need to sort of look at less traditional areas of the recruitment pool. So using specialist job boards, targeting local communities or ethnic populations. And I think you need to start with a succession pipeline first.
0: There's a lot. I mean, uh, listeners, get on your feet. Lots of actions to take. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. absolutely.
0: What should our listeners really take away from this podcast? You provided lots of insights, lots of fantastic statistics and data, but what are the key points they should take away from this?
1: Uh, Yes, Sabine, I think so. I'll, I'll divide it up into where you may well sit in the organization. If you're the CEO, think whether you're doing enough in terms of championing your DAI in and outside the organization. And if progress is slow, look to put in more aggressive targets hold yourself and your management team accountable but most of all pay close attention to your talent pipeline that is where the real tangible change can be made for the non-executive directors out there you've got to encourage your ceo you've got to encourage your chairman to really promote and embed dni across your organization and start from the top tone comes from the top and then for my fellow company secretaries out there you're the custodians of clarity. Make sure that you focus the minds of the chairman and the board, particularly when it comes to board recruitment, that d needs to be front and centre of those arrangements. And then for anyone coming from a diverse background who is aiming for board membership, I advise find a mentor to help you navigate your way to the top. Use it as an opportunity to open their eyes to your perspective for your journey. Deepen your involvement in all the different DNI initiatives to give you a sort of a rounded appreciation of others. And then be mindful. This is a really important point. Be mindful of your approach. Don't be angry or entitled. Be constructive, eager, and progressive. Let others know about and share your ambition. And then I think you've got to know and show your worth. That passion for who you are must translate into worth for you and the firm.
0: Fantastic. Lots of food for thought. Thank you so, so much, Chris. Thank you.
1: Absolute pleasure, Sue. Thank you very much.
0: How can we help you and your board to become more effective? We at Better Boards are always delighted to hear from you. Get in touch. You can best reach us on info at better-boards.com. Thank you for listening.